Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the Hour of Truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. And we are so very happy to have everybody here with us live today at Body, Mind, Spirit Radio on the 19th day of November 2013. Aetherius Radio Live is live on the third Tuesday of every month from 1 until 2 p.m. Eastern. And today we are continuing the discussion of the nine freedoms. And your hosts are Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Thank you so much, Annette. This is Chrissy here from Michigan. And, and this is uh, Richard here from London. Hi there, Richard. Hi. I hear you had a very successful uh, class last weekend. Oh in yes, London. we had a, we had a workshop on Saturday. Um, there's 40 of us there, and we were exploring from inner peace to world peace. And the aim of the workshop was really for people to have an experience, actually not to talk about it, but to do it. And we use the practices in Realize Your Inner Potential. And people, and, and, and we did some extended mantra and different things. And yes, everybody had uh, experiences. Some had an incredible sensation of, of inner peace, because inner peace, of course, goes to higher and higher levels, um, mm. depending how far we can sensitize ourselves. And that was the right. aim, to take it to a much deeper level than perhaps people had experienced before. Wow, it sounds like a wonderful class. It was great. I, I mean, I, you know, as you know, running workshops, one's always learning oneself as well. And it's a pleasure to see other people and see the experiences they're having. It's always surprising, isn't it, Richard, how many people, sometimes they've never had any kind of spiritual experience before, how many people do have them in these classes. Oh, yes. Um, I, I mean, I like to think, I hope certainly that everybody would leave a workshop having experienced something. So it's not a mm. theory. They say, ah, this is real. This isn't just some vague idea. Yes, that's some, and some people, uh, it can be really sublime. And especially when you have a group of like-minded people, all of whom with the same aim. I mean, many of the people, right. for example, on that workshop were healers themselves. So their, their idea in being there wasn't sort of just a selfish thing, as it were, just, oh, I want to experience something nice. It was, I want to enhance my own spirituality, you know, and thereby I'll be able to pass this on through my healing work. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, Enough because as, theory as, on this planet. <laughs> yes, I mean, as we discussed in, in, in the previous series on the 12 blessings, first cometh the angel peace to make way for the goddess love. Which is a great lead into this uh, radio show on the second freedom, on the nine freedoms. Last month we talked about the first freedom from this wonderful spiritual text, sacred text, delivered to this earth through the yogic mediumship of Dr. George King by a great being known as Mars Sector 6. And the first freedom was bravery. If you didn't catch that radio show, it is archived, so please do listen to it. This second freedom that Richard and I will be talking about today is on that very, very well-known, popular word, probably the most popular word in the English language, love, and uh, probably uh, one of the least understood. So we're hoping at the end of this hour that you will have a much greater understanding of what love is. And Richard, I'd just like to begin by saying one thing that really struck me when I first learned about love from the Nine Freedoms, mm -hmm. um, and that is we, we kind of associate love with emotion, but the one thing that really struck me when I read it, that in fact it is an energy, and it sort of blew my mind because it's an energy that we all can manifest, we, love is within us all, and through the manifestation of this energy, we can change our lives, change the world for the better. We can bring healing, uh, bring strength into the world. So this is a, I think this is something that we all need to kind of take on board, that it's an energy that we can manifest. And uh, I think Great. Dr. King said that it's like, um, say you take nuclear energy and you put it in a place with other nuclear, uh, other power, then all the energy then becomes radioactive. 
And he said it's mm. something similar with love. If you put it with other energies, then it's able to transmute all those other energies into love. It's a great force of transmutation, of change, of, of peace. Mm. And it's something that every single person on this planet can use, can wield to change their lives and the lives of others. So this is the thing that really, really struck me. Um, I quite agree. And of course, it's, it, one of the wonderful things about love is that everybody, as you rightly say, can tap it. And it is the answer. It really is. I know it's a cliche, but love is the mm. answer. It's just that, as you rightly say, it's not fully really understood. And of course, there are different levels, too, that one can attain of love. I mean, you know, from the most basic to the, to the most advanced. I mean, for example, if you take uh, someone like Mozart, the great composer, of course, I mean, he, this is a quote from Mozart about his own abilities to write music. He said, neither a lofty degree of intelligence nor imagination nor both together go to the making of genius. Love, love, love. That is the soul of genius. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> That's, and uh, I mean, and, I and that he attributed that. to be the source, you know, of, of his inspiration. Really? Mm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Fantastic. you know, it also occurred to me, actually, running the workshop uh, over the, over, on Saturday, that there is a tremendous connection between the two teachings we've been discussing on Ethereus Radio Live, the Twelve Blessings and the, and the Nine Freedoms. And those who are familiar with the Ethereum Society will know that those are our two core teachings. I mean, every member of the Ethereum Society in the world has studied both of those works before we'll even accept them as a member. Because we want to know, unlike some recruiting type of organization, we want to know that people understand the teachings of the Ethereum Society and know what they are joining and, and make sure that they wish to do that. But it also occurred to me, Chrissy, and I was, I was talking to you about this on the phone yesterday, that the, the nine freedoms, which was given after the twelve blessings uh, by Mars Sector 6, must have been given in the light and with the full knowledge, I mean greater knowledge than we could ever have, of those twelve blessings. The Mars Sector 6 must have, in my opinion, taken that into account, known that we would have access to the Twelve Blessings when he delivered the Nine Freedoms. And I think that's very interesting, especially with love, because uh, the third blessing is blessed are they who love, and the second freedom is love. So there is a tie-in there. There are some tremendous similarities between the two in certain statements, and there's no contradictions, of course. But what there is is a greater emphasis in certain on certain aspects, such as peace, for example, in the Twelve Blessings, and peace is very heavily emphasized in the Twelve Blessings, whereas it's not so heavily emphasized, directly anyway, in the Nine Freedoms. And I'm, I, I'm of the view that that will be quite deliberate and, and known by Mars Sector 6 and taken into full account. Well, that's a very interesting thought. It's not one that I've ever had myself actually so thanks for sharing that well, it's just an opinion and i suppose it's mm. a pretty logical one because obviously he would know that and of course it was mars sector six who actually called for the promotion of the 12 blessings so he was directly involved as it were in the promotion of that teaching and encouraging the promotion of that teaching before he delivered the nine freedoms right very interesting Mm. Well, um, Richard, let's uh, do this as the way we normally do, shall we? Uh, reading sure. the actual freedom and then uh, commenting on the different uh, paragraphs and so on. Sure. And I, but before we begin, I'd just like to say that I believe that these are the days when we, ha- we need to, all of us interested in helping our world, and I know the listeners are, we need to truly understand and use this power of love. And I'd like to begin by reading... Um, a quote that really touched my heart from a great thinker, Taya de Chardin, who's a 20th century mm-hmm. uh, Jesuit priest. I'm sure you know him, a philosopher. And he said, mm-hmm. the day will come, and I think this is the day, when, after harnessing space, the winds, the tides, and gravitation, we shall harness for God the energies of love. 
And on that day, mm-hmm. for the second time in the history of the world, we shall have discovered fire. Hmm. It's a great quote, isn't it? It is a very interesting think, quote. I yeah, think it has a I mystical meaning as well, the use of the word fire there. Yeah, it's probably... Um, Sounds like a radio show in itself, you know, Richard. But, um, <laughs> I think this is, these are the days. These are the days yes. when we yes. need to learn about love, to harness these great powers. So let's begin. Mm-hmm. Um, shall I begin with reading, Richard? Or? Please do. I, I, why don't you do all the reading? It would be, be wonderful. Okay. And um, the lead-in to each freedom is from the great uh, member of the spiritual hierarchy of Earth, St. Guling. And um, then shall I go straight into the freedom, do you think, Richard? Yes. Yes, why mm-hmm. not? And then after that, uh, Mars Sector 6. This is Mars Sector 6, and the second freedom will be love. Upon terror, this word is wrongly used. Love is not the measure of emotion, whether soft or violent. It is something deeper, something greater, something which cannot be measured even in mind conception. That's a very significant statement, I think, right there, and echoes really what you were saying in your introduction, Chrissy, that this is not about emotion, it's not even about mind. And what does that really mean when, you know, it sounds a bit, could sound a bit theoretical, but it's above mind. What does that mean? And I I could liken it, for example, to healing, Uh, taking that as an example, because I know there are some healers who listen to this, or who at least... And sometimes you'll say, well, look, we've got a particular kind of uh, patient here, and that patient is a very agitated patient, so it would be very good to have a calm and soothing healer for them. On another occasion, you might have someone who's rather... Uh, laid back, phlegmatic, um, perhaps even depressed, perhaps lacking get up and go and motivation, and you might want a very dynamic healer. And the point is that these are all these qualities of being calm and soothing or being dynamic are mind qualities. The mm. energy itself is above mind. So if we're able to send love energy in its purest form, the mind level will come in that's needed at any particular given moment um you know it's it's above any kind of mood it's it can be gentle it can be inspiring it can be firm it can be soft kind it can be almost indignant uh, it depends what is necessary the energy is above all these qualities so if we learn to channel love energy in its purest sense in its highest sense it can then be translated into whatever mind level is required at any given moment and just as in healing this will apply in all areas of life I think that's a very excellent description there Richard yes I mean it's, so ne- it, it really is something I was thinking the other day actually which is that all the experience we have is the result of energy conditioned by mind I mean that's really what it is it's the conditioning the mind conditioning of energy which causes us to to have various different kinds of of experience but if the love is unconditioned by mind it'll transmute all negative experiences there's nothing that it can't reach that's a very very positive thought isn't it it's a mm. positive realization that um, it's we let's not be limited let's realize that we have this power it's the most important energy as far as we're concerned that we have at our disposal exactly so this, exactly and also although while love is above us it's also very much a part of us too and it's a part of every person on earth every life form um so it's a, let me carry on with the next part please do um, please do which is love, is an all-permeating energy which is above mind. It is the third-degree manifestation of the initial creative force. Should I continue? Yes. Please do. The The initial creative force is but an energy which can bring into being original potential. The second-degree creative force 
is that energy which binds together this potential, bringing manifestation. The third degree creative force is that energy known as love. It's amazing, really, that the, the nine freedoms, because the style, and again, the style is, is very different, and deliberately so, because uh, it's a mark of the communicator, from the Twelve Blessings, whereas the Twelve Blessings is written in rather beautiful phraseology, rather very poetic phraseology at times. The Nine Freedoms is brilliant in its succinct use of words, it, the points that it makes in an uncomplicated manner about some of the most profound aspects of creation, such yes. as the one you've just read, Chrissy. And, you know, it will vary from a statement which is quite relatively simple and and we've just heard that there one of the one of the great secrets of life is what was termed of course by the Hind the ancient hindus the out breathing and the followed by the in breathing it describes what happened at the very beginning something which you know scientists are desperately trying to prove through their astrophysics and and theoretical physics and so on and it's, it's interesting that, you know, we have this concept, which the ancient Hindus called the out-breathing, uh, of an energy bringing into being original potential, so there was no manifestation, and then from that is mm -hmm. the second degree creative force, which is the energy which bound together this potential, and therefore that's a phrase, bound, binds together this potential, for bringing about manifestation, and that's really the beginning. And then the next degree or the third degree creative force, is love. So love comes next, and love is both a preservative force, must be, to keep that in being at all, and also a transmuting force to bring change. And this is all love. I mean, it's, it's from the most sublime level all the way through to the simplest and most basic level, such as ordinary, everyday life. Mm. I think we said before, Richard, that um, Mars Sector 6 does not waste words. And as no. you say, in those three sentences is a secret of life. Um, and yeah. uh, so profound, worthy of our contemplations. Indeed, so indeed. And yes, yes, true. Please carry on, Chrissy. I'll continue. Freedom from mm -hmm. hate can only be brought into active manifestation by its exact opposite polarity. Love is the exact opposite from hate when in basic manifestation. Could we, could we pause there? Because there's a beautiful practice which illustrates that. And it's, it's in the book, Realize You're in a Potential. And I, I'd like to make the point, by the way, because I, I was a co-author of Realize You're in a Potential. But it is not my book it's dr george king's book these are the teachings the spiritual teachings of dr george king either channeled through him or given by him and one of the practices was the is, is the protective practice and i i have found this in recent years extremely valuable practice and if i may christy i'd just like to read what the master theorist channeling through dr king said when he delivered this practice may, may i do that Oh, yes, please do. And this is what he said. It's on page 163, if anyone has a copy, of the latest edition of Realize Your Inner Potential. And it goes like this. If someone greatly upsets you, do not continue a useless, hot-tempered argument with them. Stand perfectly still, hands at sides and slightly clenched. Balance the body on the balls of your feet by bending your knees very slightly. Look your opponent straight in the eyes and whisper to yourself mentally with all the feeling you can muster, God bless the eyesight of so-and-so. Fill in their full name if you know it. If you do this correctly, then no one can do you any harm. This is a simple practice but often needs great self-control for correct performance. I feel sure that regular performance of this spiritual exercise will teach you all an extremely valuable lesson in tolerance. There is nothing negative at all about it, for by doing these things, you must send a calming current of spiritual power towards the other, which will act like a healing balm on a sore spot. All his hate will be consumed in the fires of your love. 
uh, I think that really is an example in living action, as it were, of the teaching yeah. that uh, you've just read there about transmuting hate with love and returning it. And it's a practice, actually, that um, I've taught. And I've, as a matter of fact, it's also in a little booklet called The Practices of Aetherius, by the way, which is much um, more economical to purchase. It's one that we can use, and I believe we can use it not just directly in the way as taught there. That's a great way to do it, if you can do it, but also in life. And if you're on the receiving mm. end, um, as I have been, and I'm sure others have been, of hate, of uh, resentment, of things like that, sometimes it's the only thing you've got left to use. Uh, yeah. There is yeah. no other way that will really work of dealing with it other than to return this hate with love. Absolutely. And that is the only way uh, that we can change the world, really, because we're so intent Indeed. most of the time on getting revenge and just seeking oh, yes. what we think is justice and and in fact if mm -hmm. you say this is the wise approach this is the, the approach of the enlightened person and we all can be by following this I think I think so and I think so, it works in every area of life from personal conflicts you know it might be a domestic situation all the way through to stopping wars because sooner or later someone has to return hate with love one of the parties yeah. has to do that, preferably both. And, you know, we've got yeah. uh, discussions underway, for example, in Geneva tomorrow. And one thing we can do is send love energy to those discussions between, in this case, between Iran and, and other powers in the world. But there has to be, at some stage, a willingness on one party and hopefully then the other to radiate love back and rather than saying well you did this you did that now I want this and I want that mm. yes you have mm. to break that chain and uh, yes. move to a higher love place love is the answer again it really is and I, I, I think both of us have had the experience of, of doing that Richard I know we have and um, mm -hmm. anyone out there who feels that they've been wronged try this approach it's hard it, it may not be easy to start with but I tell you at the end of the day it works, and you will feel very good about yourself, too. Mm -hmm. So let me continue. I'd better read a little bit more, Richard, uh, because it's sure. quite long, this, this, this freedom. So yeah. uh, I, I just said, love is the exact opposite from hate when in basic manifestation. Yet it is more than this, much more. Being as it is, an energy which has different octaves of existence, it is mutable and transmutable upon all of these levels, back to its one basic source. Thus, it is the great energy of the cosmos. Freedom from hate can only be brought into being by the manifestation of love upon all levels of existence. Love is a natural energy, all-pervasive, greater than mind, so therefore it can be contacted and brought into active manifestation by all terrestrials. Love is the transmuter of war. It is the creator of peace. Love as such is the healer of disease. Manifestation of the second freedom will bring to terror freedom from want, freedom from war, freedom from disease, freedom from one's lower self, freedom from hate, freedom from basic emotionalism, the manifestation of this one basic freedom gives, as its prize, all basic freedoms, with little exception. I think we should pause there, don't you, Chrissy? Because there's a lot there, isn't there? Absolutely. Um, when, yes. do, when do we have our? When do we? Does Annette kindly um, take us, uh, give us a break and make her announcements? Is that at half past six or half yes, past we can one do that, your time? Certainly. In okay. About five minutes. So we've got five more minutes. We can talk about this section and then then go to Annette. Then. Absolutely. Sounds so, good. So, um, as you as you say, I mean, there's a lot there, and of course, an interesting thing at the beginning is the different octaves of existence, which shows there are different levels. And this is the point that uh, I was mentioned earlier about sensitization. You know, we may think we've found a certain level of inner peace, a certain level of love. But we can go further, we can go higher, we can raise it to a level so we think, gosh, what I had there wasn't much at all compared to the real power of love. And, and this is done by our own development and our own service. 
the, these are the things that will gradually raise this energy to ever ever higher levels or octaves as uh, Mars Sector 6 there calls it and then he gives this, this list of, of what can be achieved love is the transmuter of war it is the creator of peace and in the Ethereum Society we have examples of this I mean we have one from years ago when a, a war which was brewing actually taking place in Cyprus we sent hundreds of hours of prayer energy to it and it stopped and it wasn't predicted to stop and we have examples more recently for example the the Syrian conflict that was brewing uh, we had uh, a directed love energy at the British Parliament which had a key vote as people may remember which was going to affect whether missiles were going to be sent and some people then were talking about a potential third world war with Russia against America and China and so forth and indeed the British Parliament was completely unexpected by the media and the politicians at the time which then voted not if you remember to, to, to involve get involved in missile strikes right. and this had an effect on, on, on Obama and other decisions that were made and I personally believe it's beyond coincidence in my opinion that the energy the love energy that was sent at the time that it was sent was a creator of peace mm. we've seen this over the years many many times and I'm sure mm -hmm. you know some of the listeners have seen what love can do uh, and this is yeah. love in an impersonal way released in an impersonal way and we'll go more into that later Mm -hmm. But um, absolutely, and there's a whole the energy... list, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. I like freedom from I mean, one's the... lower self. I think that's. Uh, that's an. Int I was just going to say yes. That's a. That's an interesting one. Please continue. Um, what, were you, what were you going to say about that, Christy? Sorry, I interrupted you there. Sorry. No, I mean sometimes I think we we feel um, that you know we it's hard for us to move away from certain ways of thinking and acting and and yet mm -hmm. when we you know we can through the this manifestation of love learning how to do that through healing through mm -hmm. prayer mm -hmm. we move to a, a higher place and it's a place where we begin to um commune if you like with our higher self and mm -hmm. it gives us more control of our lives as safe freedom it gives us more freedom and, absolutely uh, right absolutely right I mean all these things you know resentment jealousy all these types of things one is free from those if one radiates love energy and I and I know numerous others have experienced this one one is in a certain type of a mood one tries to get out of it one goes perhaps to a prayer meeting or a healing meeting focuses on that by the end of the meeting one feels mm. very different about some of the things that were concerning us before and I think one of the other things is that, you know, it gets, it, love energy gets things in perspective. I mean, Mars Sector 6 here is telling us this, isn't, this is something which we can use to help others, but it will also help us. It will help us to overcome our lower self. It will help us to overcome a basic emotionalism, which can be so uh, limiting and, and, and tedious almost and type us down you know the basic emotionalism the attachments that people experience in life of one kind or another it's not that we no longer want to do anything about it it's it's just that we're free we might still for example if we're driving along in a car and, and a dog runs in front of the car and nearly gets run over there's two things we do one is we could be very angry with the dog and that's one kind of energy but also if we had a great love for the dog it would be another kind of energy. In both cases, we might tell the dog off, but in one case because we're annoyed, in the other case because we want to help that dog not to do it again. And that's right. what love is. And we then feel different inside and we're released. We're unattached. And, and we're becoming free from our basic emotionalism. I, I think that's a good point you make, Richard, that love isn't just sort of being easy and letting people do what they want and, you know, letting people, you know, say what they want and go, you know. Uh, but it's, mm -hmm. it's um, taking a firm line at times and it's a yeah. great strength it's, and it can being be, can truthful. Be. And, yeah. Because we care enough to be truthful and we care enough sometimes to be unpopular, if necessary, in order to try and help 
the situation. Exactly, exactly. That's love energy. Shall, too. I, shall I continue? Which, I'm sorry. Are we oh, going now to Annette, though? Shall we have, let's have a break, yes. So let's over to Annette. Absolutely. Thank you all, and welcome. This is Aetherius Radio Live. You are listening to Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze in their discussion on the Nine Freedoms Live today, the 19th day of November, 2013. We shall continue with that program in just a moment. We would like to invite you to visit www.aetherius.org where you will find a tremendous amount of information. Right on the front page, on the right-hand side, you're going to see information regarding pilgrimages. And Richard Lawrence would like us to remind everybody in the U.K. or in the U.K. area or planning to visit by this weekend, specifically Saturday, November 23rd, 2013. Weather permitting, there will be a pilgrimage to Brown Willie in Cornwall. And this wonderful, wonderful mountain and the pilgrimage involved in it will and could very well change your life. So if you'd like more information, you can always go to aetherius.org. You can ring them up at 020-7736-4187. And, of course, for all information uh, that Richard Lawrence would like to share with you, his website is richardlawrence.co.uk. Chrissy Blaze is inviting everybody to a class for Operation Prayer Power, Thursday, November 21st, 7.30 p.m., that will be a $5 uh, charge for that class. That's being held at the Aetherius Society in Royal Oak, Michigan at 311 North Campbell Road. We invite you to go to their website, which is aetheriusmi.org, or ring them up at 248-588-0290. And for all things Chrissy Blaze, we guide and direct you to her website, which is chrissyblaze.com. And for the fan group for this show, Serious Radio Live, your kind attention is welcome at www.bodymindspiritradio.com. Continuing on with our discussion of the nine freedoms here on the 19th day of November 2013, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Thank you, Annette. Thank you, Sim. Thank you. So we'll continue with the second freedom, which is love. And we've just uh, talked about the manifestation of this freedom, and Mars Sector 6 continues by asking the question, how is this manifested? And he continues, love is more than a state of mind. It is a state of whole being. When terrestrial man begins to realize his true position in the cosmos, he must then begin to manifest this great power. Love is not the result of ignorance, but the direct result of applied enlightenment. Become enlightened, gain understanding of the feelings and problems of all peoples, and love becomes a living, vibrant, all-pervasive thing. Yes, I, I, I think one could do no better, really, in, in learning to develop and channel love energy than to practice the Twelve Blessings. Mm. because it will help us, first of all, to channel this energy in a very dynamic way, as we've discussed before, because we're sending the energy to very elevated sources, including the sun and even the galaxy and so on, energy will come back to us, which will alter our consciousness, and uh, as it says there in the text, we'll start to realize our true position in the cosmos. We'll realize it not just from a teaching point of view, but from an experience point of view, as these energies start to be returned to us. And uh, I, I think, you know, in addition to the announcements Annette made there so kindly, I mean, there are many 12 blessing services being held all the time, all over the world, in all the continents of the world, actually. And people would be very well advised, if they can, to attend any of those uh, as a way of channeling love energy and developing uh, the ability to channel love energy, as well as doing it at home. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, I'd just like to make a comment about gaining understanding of the feelings and problems of all peoples. And I think this is such an essential thing. And one reason why I learned astrology many years ago to you know, understand people. So I've always been interested in people. And you realize that the more you do understand what makes people tick, the more difficult it is really to, um, 
to be critical of them. And in time, when we, when we truly understand someone, uh, we may not even like them, but we have a certain love for them. And, uh, you know, it's when we, we don't understand them and they're perhaps different from we are and we have issues with them. And this is, you know, something that all of us need to develop. And astrology, of course, isn't the only way. Yes, indeed. That's, that's, that's it. And, of course, it's a kind of an understanding there, I think, implied, which isn't just an intellectual one. It's an intuitive mm. one. It's starting to feel it. To understand their feelings, you almost have to experience what they might be feeling. So it's, it's, right. a, it's a kind of a oneness. When you become enlightened, you're able, whatever you contemplate on or even meditate upon, you will know from personal experience as opposed to just, if you like, in an academic way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. And I'll, I'll continue in our observations of terror, we have noted that the slayer of love is hypocrisy. Many, content in their procrastinations, hypocritically talk and bandy this word about till it has no meaning, save a vague, misunderstood, academic one. Yes. Um, you know, there's this wonderful quote, which, I mean, has been studied by academics, but I, I think you only really can understand it at a mystical level. I mean, it, it's from an orthodox source. I th- it's in, I think, I could be wrong here. I know it's in the Bible. I believe it's in one of the letters of St. Paul. I believe it's attributed to St. Paul. And he refers to the peace which passeth all understanding. Oh, and yeah. I think taken, you know, in its exact, what it, you know, if, if, if one was to interpret that mystically or metaphysically, it would mean that which is above basic mind. Again, it's a peace which has to be experienced. And it, it reminds me, I don't know if we've ever discussed St. Catherine of Genoa, Chrissy. Um, I know we have, but whether we have on the radio, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, well, if, if, I, if I have, I hope the listeners will forgive me, because it's such a beautiful story. And it, it's a, a lady, she lived in the 15th and early 16th century, and she had a very, very difficult um, life and she she was married. I won't go the whole story. We haven't got time to go into any depth, except to say she had a very difficult marriage and a very very um, bad husband who was faithless and treated her badly and spent all the money and basically she was quite miserable until she converted very strongly to religion. And then what she did was to work in one of the local hospitals very very hard. Uh, with all her time, while being devoted um, in, in her own chosen religion. Of course, Christianity was the only one on option, pretty much, for someone like that. That's what she gravitated to. And she confessed, to, on a daily basis, actually, to a particular priest called Father Marabotti. And while this was going on, she had this amazing experiences. And this is a quote from Father Marabotti describing the kind of experiences that she was having. And he said this, In this state, the soul is in such peace and tranquility that it seems to her that both soul and body are immersed in a sea of the profoundest peace from which she would not issue for anything that could happen in this life. She remains immovable, imperturbable, and neither her humanity nor her spirit feels anything except the sweetest peace of which she is so full that if her flesh, her bones, her nerves were pressed Nothing would issue from them but peace. It's an incredible story. And there's a beautiful little aftermath, actually, which is that her husband then changed, became a monk himself, and was so inspired by her that he too worked in this hospital the rest of their, his life. And they, and, and they had this life of service. And it wasn't done. These were people of noble birth to do that sort of thing in those days. Uh, and yet they did, and all the while, though, my point being, this, this again, this tremendous love which she was expressing uh, was reflected in her innermost state of being. So it wasn't well, an academic thing. Story. You know, it was a real, real thing, an active, living thing, as Mars Sector 6 says. Well, that's a beautiful story, yes, absolutely. Mm. Uh, the opposite to, you know, many content in their procrastinations. Uh, as I mm-hmm. say, it's an active living thing. It's not uh, just a mm. thought or a nice feeling. It's something which we we take and we 
use to help change the world. And I'll continue, shall I? Please do. The energy, the freedom called love, does not only exist on your holy days, but throughout each day and each night. If terrestrial man manifests this power during his waking state, he will also manifest the same power during his sleep state, when part of the consciousness is still active. As sleep is a state of projection from the physical body brought about by a certain element of consciousness, then the power love can still be radiated by this part of consciousness. I know you want to comment on that, Richard. <laughs> well, yes, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thought and shows us the importance of the sleep state, and, and that's a lecture in itself, really. But it's a time when we are out of the physical body, but we're still having experiences. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting because sometimes you can wake up in the middle of the night or in the morning with knowledge that you didn't have the day before. And I believe in mm. a case like that, you've learned something. You've learned something on the other realms. Of course, it would be possible also for you to retard yourself during the sleep state, to have a kind of a behavior pattern that was a negative one, and that would leave you the worse in the morning. But the, the hope that we're given here is that if we get used to, because as the yogis knew, mind patterns are habitual. And although love is above mind, they affect mind, as I was saying earlier. So if we get into the habit of radiating love in our, in our daily life, we will radiate love. We'll be in a love consciousness, if you like, in our sleep state too. And the one will impact upon the other. Yes, it's a very important point because, you know, we have 24 hours in a day and um, mm -hmm. during those hours we can make a difference. During even our sleep state, we can make a difference too. So, um, yes. I'm a little actually, bit worried about the reminds time. Actually, it reminds me of a, a quote. Understand? Yes, but I, but I must actually comment here on a statement that Gandhi made, which is kind of in keeping with this because he mentioned sleep. He, he said this, there may be momentary rest in store for the drop which is separated from the ocean, but not for the drop in the ocean which knows no rest. The same is the case with ourselves. As soon as we become one with the ocean in the shape of God, there is no more rest for us, nor indeed do we need rest any longer. Our very sleep is action, for we sleep with the thought of God in our hearts. This restlessness constitutes true rest, this never-ceasing agitation holds the key to peace ineffable. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's a quite a long section, but that's a beautiful quote from it. But again, same point there, we, in our waking and our sleeping, it's constant, this, this state, as he puts it, of oneness or uh, uh, attunement to God. But of course, in, in the case of Marset 6, he's talking about radiating love energy, which comes from the divine source anyway. That was a wonderful quote. Goodness me. Yes, I it's a very again, interesting actually. quote, I think. No, mm, it's a very absolutely. interesting one, and one that I, I often turn my mind to, because uh, it's not what people think of as peace, and yet right in the midst, as he says, of that restlessness for God, lies mm. peace ineffable. Wow, that's wonderful. That's mm. really inspiring. <laughs> mm. Okay, well, I'll continue. Please when do. When such things... Yes, when such things as these are brought into active being throughout your whole lives, then indeed is this great energy released unto all men upon terror. All things living, which means all things upon terror, respond to the release of this great, all-pervasive energy, especially if it be released in its highest form. And of course, uh, Dr. King talks about how if we love machinery then it tends to work for us and it's this great energy of love we can um, radiate to everything that we're involved with that we're using that we're working with that's true and of everything course, we can 
Yes, and we can, we can sort of become, as it were, natural radiators of love. If we, if we get in again into the habit of it, if it's something that we do, uh, we'll find that wherever we go, gradually, love is radiating. It may not be detected exactly by people, but they will just kind of know. They'll be gravitated, almost as though people gravitate to a, a magnetic personality or a, a charismatic person. But in this case, it's the love energy. You don't have to be an extrovert. Far from it. You, can be, you don't have to change your personality, but it will be radiating all the time. And as you rightly say, Chrissy, not, not just to human beings, to animals, to plant life, which really do respond to love energy. Animals love love energy and give it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, to equipment too, which does respond to the love that you radiate for it. It'll work better for a person who has a love for it. Absolutely. It's, um, love is not possession either. In its highest aspect, it is above all forms of individualization. It is impersonal. It is not binding as is possession, but it brings freedom. Yes, that does really relate very directly, I would say, to the third blessing, which I mentioned earlier uh, by the Master Jesus, where he has this... Um, incredible, uh, very demanding statement, really, when he says, they can love not themselves, talking about those who love, for they have given the very seed of their hearts to those whose hearts are empty, whose hearts yearn to be filled. And later on he says, they love not any man, because they love all. Mm. And that's a difficult lesson. Um, It's... an impersonal thing. It's not, as Marcel put it, an individualization. The energy itself is impersonal. It's not binding like possession, but it brings freedom for for, for the the person who radiates it. Whereas possessive love, he's saying, individualized love, if it's limited, I love them and I won't love them, that is something which won't free us. It's difficult. It's very difficult to radiate love uh, to the people who, um, you know, we don't like and, and, and are perhaps hateful towards us. But that's the acid test, I suppose. A love of the great, a great Jesus or a great avatar mm-hmm. who came to the whole of humanity. But we can begin this journey through, and I know we do, a lot of people listening do, raising our hands when we hear of, you know, the, the terrible disaster in the Philippines or throughout the world, we're beginning because we're feeling the pain of people that we do not know. And I think this is a wonderful way to begin to manifest this great power of love. Yes, and of course you and I, Chrissy, had the most fantastic role model in Dr. George King, and a man of tremendous humility and understated, who, who didn't push all the, most of what he was doing. And there, I mean, I remember occasions when he would uh, arrange uh, discharges and, and of energy to help humanity, call for world prayer, and would get criticized uh, by uh, and disbelieved, and probably still is disbelieved by most people who know about him. I don't know, or maybe not now, but if they don't disbelieve him, most people don't take a lot of notice uh, he was aware of that. He knew even in the media that they would mock, they would ridicule, they would doubt. And some people, and let's bear in mind, he was, as we've said before, a cosmic avatar. He didn't have to be here at all. And yet he, he could have said, oh, well, if they're going to be like that, then forget it. I mean, that would be a normal human reaction. Here I am trying to help these people, and they don't believe me. They ridicule me. Why should I bother? But far from it. He would not do that. He would love the very people who disbelieved him and who ridiculed him and sometimes worse, accused him of things or whatever they might do. And that is the acid test, isn't it, of the second freedom, really, or one of them. Yes, absolutely. Uh, A great man who really not only understood and manifested love in its highest octave, Dr. George King, but also taught us how to love um, through so many ways. So let me uh, continue, shall I, Richard? Yes, please. And 
manifest this great true impersonal power in your every thought and action during your working st- waking state, then it will still be manifested by you during your projected state, which you call sleep. Of all the subjects spoken of in terrestrial religions, love might have been mentioned more than any other power, yet it is the power which is least understood. Shall I continue? Well, I think we, we, we've, we've, yes, I think that's clear, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Now, this part is very, very deep. Know this for your contemplations. The chakra in the heart has two faces. The chakra in the throat has one face. The chakra in the forehead has three faces. In each and all is the energy called love manifested, but in different degrees. A basic rise of the power you call kundalini tends to partially activate one face of the heart chakra. This often manifests itself as childish emotion, sometimes referred to as sentiment. This is not the love I speak of. The love I speak of radiates from the two faces in balance, from the throat center, from the centers in the forehead, from all faces in balance. This terrestrial man is love. Gosh, there we have some very deep metaphysics. And I would like to say to listeners, if you don't have a copy of The Nine Freedoms, I'd recommend you very strongly to get a copy of the book, as well as the uh, CD lectures, as well as the transmissions, of course, which you can purchase. Because in the commentaries that Dr. King gives, and thank goodness for them, he will explain to us a passage like the one we've just heard and many others in a way we couldn't possibly grasp. Because some of the... Here you have a very profound insight into advanced mysticism. First of all, we're told that the heart chakra has two faces. Some might call those petals, depending what term they use. The throat has one face, and the forehead, the Christ center, in other words, has three faces. Well, there's a a revelation in itself. Uh, Now, what he's telling us is that love is manifested in all the centers, all the major chakras, but in different degrees. And so our capacity to radiate love depends how high we can raise the kundalini, the mystic force we've talked about before, which travels up through the the center of the spine, and how much we can awaken the chakras absolutely determines the degree of love we're capable of radiating. So a great master like Jesus, like the Lord Buddha, great masters of love, they can radiate love in its full potential. Uh, someone who is less advanced with the best will in the world can't. And so you see, you can see it so easily in this world. This statement, this often manifests itself as childish emotion, sometimes referred to as sentiment. This is not the love I speak of. Uh, this is when there's a partial activate of one, activation, I should say, of one face of the heart chakra. We can see this in, in tele- on television. We can see this in, in, in writings, in poetry, in books, in films. People's concept of love is limited to a possessive, individualized relationship so often, and the childish emotion that goes with it doesn't mean those things are all bad, far from it, but they are limiting. They're extremely limiting compared to the activation of the full chakras, which brings us back, of course, to spiritual practice, to service and spiritual practice. Mantra yoga, pranayama, sensitization of our being, these are the things which will activate the higher centers gradually. And I mean, I'm, I'm very much on the journey. Don't get me wrong, I haven't arrived. I'm a traveler myself trying to get, get a higher level uh, of, of, uh, of awakening of the chakras. This is a very deep, very advanced take on love energy, I feel, Chrissy. Well, thank you very much for your interpretation. That was very helpful, I'm sure. Um, Absolutely, very deep, very profound. And uh, just to remind people, the nine freedoms is our journey through evolution. So if you are listening and you haven't really come across the nine freedoms before, as Richard said, do purchase a copy of the book because it's essential in these days, especially when there are so many books out there that can send us the wrong way, on the wrong path. 
this is our journey through evolution and all the tests and all the the help um, along the way. And uh, it's so essential. So I'll continue, shall I, Richard, as we have five minutes Yes, left. I'll just say one more thing about what you just said there, that it is such a temptation for writers, and both you and I, Chrissy, are writers in this, in, in this metaphysical field and spiritual field. It's such a temptation to keep it basic because you know that publishers will, 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 will be more inclined to publish you. You know that it's more likely to sell well and all that sort of thing. And I've got to take my hat off completely to Dr. King uh, here because he never did that. He always took his teachings to the highest possible level, keeping them as simple, easily understood, practic- practicable, uh, in the sense that everybody, whatever their background and whatever their level, could practice them, but he never re- limited them or reduced them for the sake of popularity. And it, it's a temptation which I, I think does affect, consciously or unconsciously, many teachers in this field. Uh, I absolutely have to agree with you there. Uh, Dr. King never went for popularity on any level, as you know, and... Um, Many people do it. I think it's a it's a test, and he had his mission to perform, and he did it, 100%. So I'll continue, and this is really do. is Dr. King. I think the next sentence: love is sacrifice, real sacrifice, because that was his mission, was it not? Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was a man of great love, and if ever there was one thing sure, it is this. At your command, there is a whole macrocosmic system filled with this energy. You will be asked, after the initiation called death, either why you did not use this power more fully or why you tended to misuse the basic aspects of it. Be prepared for this question, for as sure as God, it will be asked, and you will answer. Dependent upon that answer, O my brothers, can be your next life. The second freedom is love, true love. Manifest this and mold your future. All transmissions now discontinued. Thank you, Chrissy. I must say, I think there we have um, a brilliant exposition and also a revelation about, I think, a a very helpful revelation about what happens after we die. Um, because obviously we, 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 we know and we've discussed before we go to another realm, we, we wait there until we're ready to reincarnate. That waiting period can be short or long. Um, but the other thing that happens is that we are asked, you will be asked, it says, why you did not use this power, the power of love, more fully. Now, this isn't a judgment to punish anyone. This is a judgment made by ourselves upon ourselves to help us to evolve so that we will actually use love energy more correctly. We cannot evolve to the higher levels of enlightenment until we do. Did we misuse the basic aspects of it? Did we limit it? Did we fall into the trap of individualization, of possession, of all the things that are itemized in the second freedom? This we will ask ourselves, and it's our own soul who will determine our next life based, we're told, uh, as a major factor upon that, that examination of the use of love energy, as Mars six says, be prepared for this question, for as sure as God it will be asked, and you will answer. Dependent upon that answer, oh my brothers, can be your next life. Absolutely. And it really puts things into perspective, what really should be important for all of us. Uh, Sometimes we put so much importance on things which really, at the end of the day, are not that important. And Dr. Raymond Moody, as I mentioned previously, Richard, came on my show, and I Mm. know you know him, the pioneer of the near-death experience. And he said over and over again, when people came back after having died and come back to life, this was the one thing they realized, that they should have given more love uh, over and over Mm. again. So it's the big, the big question, the big secret. And uh, over to you, Richard, for closing words, and then we'll hand over to Annette. Thank you. And I think the closing words should come from, from Dr. King at the end of his commentary. He says this, In this brilliant summing up, the Master gives to all students essential advice, which, if taken and strictly acted upon, will save much future misery and involution, will allow you all to soar onwards and upwards through the gates of joyous freedom. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And over to Annette. 
Thank you all. Thank you, everybody, for being tuned in to us today here at Body, Mind, Spirit Radio. Ethereus Radio Live is presented the third Tuesday of every month from 1 until 2 p.m. Eastern, and this is the 19th day of November 2013. We thank so much Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze for the exploration of the nine freedoms, our journey through evolution. You can obtain a copy of that if you'd like and more information about the Ethereus Society by visiting their website, Ethereus.org, that is A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. You'll also find information there on the front page, right-hand side, about an upcoming pilgrimage on Saturday, November 23rd, a pilgrimage to Brown Willie in Cornwall that will be weather permitting. And, of course, you can always contact them at 020-7736-4187 for more direct information. If you would like information on what's going on at the Ethereus Society in Michigan, that website is ethereusmi.org. And, of course, Chrissy has a class coming up on Thursday, November 21st, 7.30 p.m. This will be a class for Operation Prayer Power. There's a $5 fee for that class. And the Ethereus Society in Royal Oak, Michigan, is located at 3119 North Campbell Road, again, in Royal Oak. Chrissy's website is chrissyblaze.com. Richard's website is richardlawrence.co.uk. And this is Body, Mind, Spirit Radio. We'd like to let you know that our next live program is coming up on Wednesday. That will be Wednesday, November 20th, 2013, 1 p.m. Eastern. In Touch Interviews, In Touch with Michelle May and Holy Time. Thank you for being a part of Ethereus Radio Live here at Body, Mind, Spirit Radio. <laughs> 